Welcome to the latest edition of the Think Home Care podcast. I'm Pat Kelleher, Executive Director of the Home Care Alliance of Massachusetts. The past 19 months have been extraordinary ones for health care and, of course, for home care. While so much attention was placed on the role of and the challenges in hospitals and nursing homes in fighting a 100-year pandemic, the home care community did what it always does, deliberately and quietly bringing needed care into the homes of the frail, the disabled, and even the dying. Thinking about the past year and a half, the questions that come to my mind are, was there fear of the unknown among our workforce? Yes, there was at times. Was there a need to reassess our training, particularly in infection control? Yes, there was. Did we find new and creative ways to support a dispersed workforce who couldn't just go into a hospital supply closet between patients and grab a new gown, a new mask, or a new face shield? Yes, there definitely was. We have posted on our website some first-person stories of what it felt like to be a home care frontline worker or home care manager over this past year, and they are still on our website, thinkhomecare.org. Today, we're going to hear another perspective from a home care agency owner who carried the weight of protecting her workers while trying to get services to a frail, isolated, and oftentimes very confused clientele. It was a heavy responsibility to bear. Welcome to the Think Home Care podcast, Cheryl Rumley of Apex Healthcare. Thank you, Pat and Tom, and thank you to the Mass Home Care Alliance for having me on this podcast today. So first, Cheryl, tell me about your agency, its history, who it serves, and where. Pat, I started Apex Healthcare Services in 1999 to meet the growing community demand for quality home care. Apex Home Care provides a safe, compassionate, and friendly atmosphere to enable the client to enjoy and maximize the excellence of life in the comfort of his or her own home. Our home care aides provide personal care as well as homemaking services to a variety of patients with direct supervision by a registered nurse. And where does your agency service these clientels? Uh, we service Western Massachusetts. Uh, Springfield, the Hamden County, Hampshire County, Franklin County area. So Cheryl, you sent me a moving first-person account of this past year and what it was like to have the responsibility um, as an owner of a home care agency, and I'm going to ask you to read that in a minute. But first, I want to ask you, how are you and how is your agency doing right now? I'm doing okay, Pat. Um Every day is still a challenge. Uh, we are still seeing moms have to take days off. Uh, children are back to school. They're out with being tested for COVID. Um, but we are starting to see a workforce slowly come back. We are still down. Uh, I would say we are about 40 to 50% of what we had in 2019 as far as our staff. Um, there is a large population in Western Mass that are not being serviced because of so many employees, home care aides that have had to leave the workforce to take care of their children. Um, but we are starting to see people come in, not necessarily former home care aides, which is very interesting. People are literally coming into home care from different job positions that they are wanting to learn to take the courses to be able to be a home care aide. And we are seeing that they're doing pretty well, these new employees out in the field. Uh, so we are bolstered by that. 
that's encouraging news to hear. It's discouraging to hear that there are so many people who need services that are going without, but it's encouraging to hear um, that some of the unemployed are starting to come back into home care. So that's great news. Cheryl, why don't you read through your account that you sent to the Home Care Alliance now? So I wrote a COVID case study, my recollections as a home care agency employer during COVID. A memory that haunted me my whole life materialized in 2020. In 1918, my great-aunt Bess, 22, and pregnant with her second child, and her husband Howard died a day apart from each other during the outbreak of the Spanish flu. My great-aunt Elizabeth adopted the family's only survivor, their 18-month-old daughter, Deborah. In early 2020, I was filled with the same fear and trepidation my great-aunt Elizabeth must have felt entering her sister's home during a devastating pandemic when I had to do the same for the clients, for my clients, at Apex Home Healthcare during COVID-19. Recalling those tragic events, my deepest concerns were to keep my own son, Kurt, safe, who is my director of nursing at Apex, to keep my clients and caregivers safe, and to keep myself safe, since I'm the CEO and captain of my home health care business. The daily mission of my health care company is to go into the homes of multiple elderly and disabled clients, to fill medications, conduct admissions, bathe clients, take them grocery shopping, and monitor their overall health and well-being inside the comfort of their own homes a mission that was complicated with myriad hardships during this pandemic. At the beginning of this crisis, it was nearly impossible to get personal protective equipment. Then, when it did become available, we literally spent days and thousands of dollars trying to buy gloves, face shields, masks, and hand sanitizer. We invested in the rapid COVID testing kits, only later to discover that these tests were known to have false positives and negatives. For the 20 months from the start of COVID until today, if an unvaccinated employee called to say they had a sniffle, sore throat, or headache, we kept them home and made them get tested before they could come back to work. In the beginning, the testing took nine days to come back. This meant the employee would be out of work for almost two weeks, whether sick or not. Our staff dwindled to half, as most of our employees who are mothers had to stay home to homeschool their children. We had no staff to replace the sick or vacationing employees, so administration went out and bathed clients, did grocery shopping, and made phone calls to secluded elders who were lonely and depressed. Employees tried to balance the stress of kids being home while trying to be faithful to their elder clients. To this day, we have not filled many positions, and this has been a detriment to the elderly population in western Massachusetts. These mothers are the backbone to home care. After employees took their vacations, we mandated all staff traveling outside of the New England states deemed safe by the governor to quarantine for 10 days before returning to work. If an employee tested positive, we had sleepless nights until their clients were all tested. All came back negative, which was a testament to my employees following CDC guidelines with masks, gloves, and proper hand washing. Hazard pay and bonuses became a weekly enticement to keep employees going. Keeping up with the CDC guidelines, which were changing faster than we could get out the previous recommend recommendations, were a constant effort. 
Making sure staff followed those guidelines was paramount and exhausting. It was a nightmare trying to keep seniors safe, with no vaccine for a year and no idea how many symptoms to look for. And as a business owner, there was the risk of being sued for negligence if an uncontained outbreak occurred. What was my saving grace during all of this? I kept telling myself that necessity is the mother of invention, and to that end, we kept trying to invent new solutions for this unprecedented pandemic every single day. For instance, our clients in seclusion, we worked with a company to set up new technology, a telehealth tablet. This tablet could be turned on by one button, and then my caregivers could see and monitor clients face-to-face. This tablet also reminded clients to take medications and conduct blood sugar tests on a timely schedule. We were able to get an agency from the Executive Office of Elder Affairs to contract for this tablet, then spent days getting the word out about these tablets to referral sources like the Councils on Aging, EOEA agencies, along with television and cable. My caregiver soldiers through this pandemic like real heroes, despite all the hardships they had to endure. Through the use of new technology and their high-quality care, I can proudly say that as of today, there has been no transmission of COVID-19 from staff to clients or from clients to staff. I I attribute some of our success to many things, my age, experience and wisdom which helped me weather this unbelievable storm. I have owned and operated this home health business for over 22 years. I survived cancer twice since 1999, beat the 2008 recession, and raised three boys. I used all my research and knowledge pertaining to pandemics and flus to maintain safety and compliance. We continuously educated our staff in online forums. I gave up a month vacation to manage the company through this storm in January of 2021. I was glad I did it. Relief finally came during that month when home care employees were eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. We signed up 22 of our employees and several of our clients for vaccinations. As a member of the Massachusetts Home Care Alliance, I was able to keep up with all the new mandates and opportunities for agencies to keep safe and continue caring for our clients. Like my relatives back in 1918, I had to step out into the dark to make difficult decisions to keep my caregivers and clients safe during this crisis. And like my great aunt Elizabeth and her 18-month-old niece, we survived. We are emerging emerging from this pandemic with our health intact and a higher set of safety standards to carry us through the end of this. Personally, I will never forget the lessons learned from this tragic set of events. It has made us all more grateful to be alive, and it has made Apex Home Health Care a better company. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for that account. I think it's simply amazing the way you were able to connect your family's history um, to your story right now, almost 100 years um, from when they experienced that devastating uh, pandemic. I also think you talked so much about 
what I see as the unsung story of home care and the pandemic. When you say there was no transmission of COVID from COVID positive staff to clients or clients to staff, that is truly the story of how home care stepped up um, and in stark stark contrast to what we saw um, certainly in long-term care facilities. Uh, I want to ask you a couple of things. Now that you've been through all of this um, and you told us the story, do you feel today sort of burned out? We hear a lot about burnout in the home care and the healthcare workforce. Do you feel burned out by the weight of your responsibility now? Or um, it sounded to me more that you were energized by what we learned about ourselves and what we learned about patient care these past 20 months. How would you characterize your, your state of mind right now? Um, honestly, Pat, I can say I'm tired, but I'm not burned out. I'm energized by seeing workers come back into the force. And in and engaging with new employees and new patients has really made me feel like we are starting to see the other side of this pandemic. And I know, um, Cheryl, you mentioned in your piece, you just read things like bonuses um, for workforce. I know you did a lot more to support your workers creatively. Can you talk about a couple of other things that you did for the workers? I know you were trying to help them with homeschooling, um, with uh, groceries, things like that. We gave out not only just bonuses, we gave employees every opportunity to work in any way that they were able to um, with all the challenges that these employees have had through this whole pandemic. In other words, if moms could only work a few hours a week, that's what we accepted. Um, if employees were afraid of COVID-19 and they needed to take a few months off just until things were a little bit more controlled. We also allowed that. We gave out loans, personal loans to employees um, so that they could manage some of the situations in their homes. Uh, we really stepped up. And I think all the home care agencies that I spoke with, with the Massachusetts Home Care Alliance um, on the weekly and monthly forums that you had set up for home care agencies, every one of them were going above and beyond giving gas stipends, food stipends, grocery stipends, gifts of any sort, just to encourage and, and thank all of the incredible employees that continued to work uh, during this incredible um, pandemic. I, I often said uh, uh, the past year that um, we, we never saw people standing outside a home care agency clapping as you did for hospitals. And I'm not taking anything away from hospitals, but I think it really was up to us to really uh, be the cheerleaders for our employees because we didn't sort of, we, we don't have those visible buildings where people could stand out of and say thank you. So I, I appreciate that all that you did and, and, and that everyone um, in the home care industry did to step up. Uh, and support this workforce. Is there some lesson you learned from the past year that you will take with you going forward as an owner of a home care agency? Pat, there were a couple of lessons that I've learned in the last year. First, I would like to say how much I have come to appreciate the effectiveness of masks. I've been a nurse since 1975, worn masks in the OR and during procedures for multiple reasons as a healthcare professional. I never truly understood how effective they were until this pandemic. I had several employees who tested positive for COVID-19, and none of their clients got sick. 
By June 2020, masks literally gave me the confidence to do my job. As we are seeing another wave of COVID, I personally now wear a mask in all social settings, and my staff continue to wear one while working in the home care setting. The other day, I was speaking with a professor from UMass Amherst, and he was saying that 96% of the staff and the students are vaccinated. But what he was even more impressed with and marveled at was that when he was looking out at his classroom of college students, 18, 19, 20, and they were all bent down doing an assignment that he had given them, every one of them was wearing a mask. And he said he just marveled at the sight of all of these young adults, all in compliance, wearing a mask. The second thing I would like to say as a business owner is that a healthy economy leads to a productive economy, which leads to a profitable economy, which as an owner is what we want. And as a business owner, I appreciate the brilliant, thoughtful, quiet leadership of Governor Charlie Baker. I believe Massachusetts has become a model for the country in the way Governor Baker has approached the pandemic. And I would just like to read an excerpt from the Commonwealth a nonprofit journal of politics, ideas, and civic life written by John McDonough. Thank you. Go ahead. Though the 2014 gubernatorial campaign lacked any real discussion of health care policy, this will soon be forgotten because Massachusetts has never had a new chief executive as steeped in health policy and politics as is Charlie Baker. Baker's legacies affecting the Massachusetts health policy landscape span 25 years and provide clues to the direction in which he may go. Based on his history, inside and outside state government, one direction in which I am sure he will want to go is big. What are some of his markers of his prior impact? In the mid-1990s, as a state official, Baker reinvented Massachusetts Medicaid into today's MassHealth, laying the fiscal, structural, and policy groundwork without which the state's landmark 2006 universal health care law, RomneyCare, would never have happened. In the early 1990s, also in state government, Baker spearheaded, spearheaded deregulation of the Massachusetts hospital rate-setting program through which state government tightly controlled hospitals' budgets for 15 years. Baker ushered in an ongoing ongoing era of competition and consolidation that included, with his blessing, the creation of the Partners Healthcare in 1994. Throughout the 1990s, Baker accelerated the closing and consolidation of state hospitals and institutions, expanding the reach and role of now of the now massive privatized community health and human service system. In the early 2000s, as CEO of Harvard Pilgrim Health, Baker spared the insurer from imminent bankruptcy, helping to maintain a more competitive health insurance market in Massachusetts. With Massachusetts being a world leader in science and medicine, Governor Baker has diligently guided me and my staff, as well as the Commonwealth, to a profitable profitable economy, education system, and work environment. He has inspired me to calmly make decisive actions to protect all my staff and clients.
Thank you, Cheryl. And um, that was written by John McDonough, who, if our podcast listeners don't know, John McDonough has been a, a leader in health policy and health policy thinking in Massachusetts for several decades or more. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you, Cheryl, for joining me today on the Think Home Care podcast. Uh, that was Cheryl Rumley, owner of Apex Healthcare in Springfield, serving multiple communities in the Eastern Mass area. If people want to find Apex Healthcare or, or reach out to you, Cheryl, can you give us contact information? Yes, I am at apexcares, A-P-E-X-C-A-R-E-S.com. Um, also, our um, email is apexhealth01 at verizon.net. Please feel free to look us up. Thank you, Cheryl. And thank you for that um, moving account of the past 20 months in home care in Massachusetts. Thank you so much, Pat, for allowing me to discuss everything that I've been through. Talking Home Care is a production of the Home Care Alliance of Massachusetts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information about our association, visit us at www.thinkhomecare.org. Thank you.